All right then. Shall we have a quick chat about Francis Ngannou taking on Cyril Garn at the weekend? Oh, I'm excited about this one. This is a big heavyweight fight between two monstrous heavyweights. And this is just, it's what you want to see, isn't it? I mean, despite all of the controversy that's been coming into it, uh, honestly, I think Francis Ngannou has been coming off looking a little bit, not silly, but it's just... It sparked a lot of debate about fighter pay, and he's basically... I don't think it was the smartest way to go around being promoted, because a lot of people have been going, oh, the UFC haven't really been promoting him properly. It's like, well, he did come out and start slagging the UFC off, like, kind of unprovoked for no reason. Started slagging them off, saying, oh, oh, I haven't got enough money to start my new fight camp. It's like, you've been paid, like, you know, nearly $3 million over the last 24 months, and you haven't... And you've spent all of it and didn't save any for when... You needed it for your next fight. That's that to me. That's not a UFC problem. That to me is a budgeting problem for Ngannou. Honestly, I think that Ngannou's got some some people around him that are giving him some bad advice. I think they're telling him that he's got all the leverage when he doesn't. It's not like he's made himself completely undeniable. He's been the champion for five minutes. I've seen people like crying about, oh, but look at what he's making compared to other champions. It's like, number one, all the contracts are different. They're actually based on what they what they bring in. Do you know what I mean? And again, nobody knows if they're underpaid or not. I had a I had a quite a good discussion over on the CMA podcast uh, last night with um, Dave Keane, who, like, really great discussion, lovely guy. And, um... Yeah, and at the end of the day, like nobody, nobody really knows, especially in those comment sections, whether they get paid, like paid the. They have some very clever people that know exactly what the margins are, exactly how much they can afford to pay on, into growth, how much they can afford to pay on advertising, uh, sponsors, how much they can afford to pay the fighters. All of that is very meticulously worked out, and I guarantee that they're not, that they're, if they're being underpaid, it's probably not by very much. And at the end of the day, you know, Dana White and those contract negotiators are being paid quite a lot of money to negotiate contracts that are favourable to the UFC. And if they're not doing that, then they're doing their job badly. And if, if there's one thing that Dana White is not, it's bad at his job. Dana White is a fucking beast at promoting and he's a beast at what he does. Joanne, don't get that twisted. It's very easy to hate on Dana White, but he's one of the biggest reasons that the sport is where it is. People talk about fighters that paved, paved the way. Like, what about, you know, you know, Dana White's laid a few slabs. He certainly has. Like it or not, it's true. Speaking the truth. Anyway, I feel like Ngannou has basically had people whispering in his ear. And it's sick, because that's what it smacks of, basically. He's, he's had people whispering in his ear, telling him to do this, do that, and, uh, and make the UFC look bad. It's like, well, that's, that's kind of stupid, isn't it? Like, you could have just had a good relationship. But either way... And nothing is funnier to me than watching people whine and complain in comment sections uh, talking about how, like, it's people people that earn regular money because people that earn, like, millions are not in comment sections on Facebook, right? So it's people that earn regular money, like me or you, that are living paycheck to paycheck, arguing that a millionaire should be paid, is not being paid enough by his millionaire promoter. It's It's beyond stupidity, is it not? That's me that thinks that a little bit silly. Anyway, um, beyond all the pay stuff, let's have a look at how at what at this fight because it's a very intriguing fight. This you've got you know the um, the undisputed champion versus the interim champion. Uh, with the however valid you think that is or not, it's irrelevant. That's how it's being built, and so that's how it is. And um, first off, 
I'd just like to say that this is a great fight. I've got tremendous respect for both guys, actually. As much It sounds like I hate on Francis Ngannou. I really don't. I just don't like his recent kind of... Uh... I don't know, his recent tact. I just, I just feel like he's... It, it kind of seems like he had a fight... He had a contract he was happy with and now he's fought a few more guys and won the belt and not defended it and now all of a sudden he's not happy with his contract and he... And yeah, I just, I, I just feel like, look, no one forced you to sign that contract, dude. <laughs> like, just maybe he should have done a shorter deal you know, if you want to renegotiate at this point or not put that clause, like, like I say. But anyway, it's going to be a really fun fight. Either one of these guys could win this. Don't get that twisted. If you think that... I mean, I... Like, basically, I am leaning towards Garn in this fight. But if you think that that Francis Ngannou can't win this fight, you, you are fucking... You're a fool. Do you know what I mean? Because Francis Ngannou, if he touches anybody, he's putting their lights out. And that is just the X factor that he brings to the table. It's why I love watching him. It's why everyone loves watching him. His technique might be pretty poor at times. His footwork might be deplorable. His balance might be all over the place. But man, when he swings those ham hocks and he connects with someone's chin, you watch that slobber go across the ring, you watch him, you watch their legs fold from under him. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to watch and it's exciting. And that's and it's why we watch MMA. So like I said, I do rag on his on his technique sometimes because sometimes his technique is poor. Coming from me, a fucking couch potato who knows absolutely fucking nothing but just going from what i see you know i just watch a lot and you know i'm just saying compared to like the high level like technical guys his technique is not is not quite there but does he need it that's the question isn't it like do, if if it ain't broke does he need to fix it you know i think we're possibly going to find that out this weekend because cyril gunn I do think he's a recipe for disaster for Francis Ngannou. I do think that stylistically, Cyril Garn is a bad matchup because speed kills, right? And we've seen this with Cyril Garn. Cyril Garn's speed is what stopped Alexander Volkov from throwing at him. Alexander Volkov is a really dangerous striker. He had the reach advantage on Cyril Garn as well. But just the first few times he tried to throw at Cyril Garn, he had nothing but air and Cyril Garn was able to crack him back without any effort at all. And, it, and he was moving so much far. The speed disparity was so great that all of a sudden Volkov started being tentative and he started second-guessing himself because that speed will put a scare into you. Because all of a sudden you think, I can't hit him without getting hit several times. This is, oh, this is going badly, right? And it's not like Francis Ngannou is slow, but he's not exactly known for, for his, like, for his blistering speed. I don't think he is as fast as Cyril Gunn. I don't think that he's technically as proficient as Cyril Gunn. But, you know, he has got that X factor in the power. Now, the only thing is, you know, obviously Ngannou, as I've said, he only has to connect once, right? But so far, we have seen Cyril Gunn be flawless. He is flawless, right? And that, But the thing is, he has to be flawless against someone like Francis Ngannou. You can't zig when you should have zagged. You'll be looking up at the lights. That, and that could very well happen. But I feel like that's the Joan, that's the difference between Cyril Garn, who is, you know, he could be the best. That once he once he beats um Ngarno, he is he has that belt, he's the best. He's one of the best in the world. What separates the best in the world from the rest is that consistency. The the ability to be consistently on it to be consistently flawless. And that is something that we have seen from Cyril Garn. And it's why I'm so excited to see this because it's like 
Because, yeah, if there's one fight where he has to be, he cannot make any mistakes against Francis Ngannou. Don't, don't get that twisted. Francis Ngannou can easily just flatline you. And, you know, if, if, and if Cyril Garn has one moment, one lapse in concentration, then he's going he's gonna to go out. Because any human being will get put out by those punches that Ngannou throws. They might not be pretty a lot of the time, but goddamn are they effective. Now, so for me, what I think will happen, this is, this is my, my pick. Basically, I do think that the recipe for this has already been written by Stipe Miocic, right? Stipe Miocic in the first fight, right? Because the, the reason he lost the second fight, he tried to shoot him for that takedown too early. He hadn't tired Ngannou out yet. In the first fight, Stipe was able to use the wrestling because Ngannou was so tired. It wasn't the wrestling that tired Ngannou out in that first loss to Stipe. It was the wrestling that, that was allowed because he was tired out. And what tired him out was the fact that Stipe Miocic made him miss. He made him miss quite a few times in rounds one, two, and he also ate a couple, don't get me wrong. He ate a couple, but he was able to kind of like move his head enough that they weren't like absolutely clean punches, otherwise he'd have been out. However, he did make him miss quite a few times. And the problem with, and the biggest thing with Ngannou is his power, but the double-edged sword is that if he misses, he misses so big that it's like he's got this big lo looping punch, misses it, he then has to pull that back and reset, and that's a lot of arm, that's a lot of shoulder, that's a lot of energy to be expending. And I would maybe argue that there is, we don't know yet, but I mean, it, there's an argument to be had that maybe Cyril Garn is a better striker than Stipe Miocic was then. There's, a, there's an argument to be had that maybe Garn is quicker than Stipe was then, more elusive than Stipe was then. So when you have that kind of elusive-like striker in there, I feel like you know, the, the one thing that Ngannou... Because Ngannou, they said, look, Ngannou was more patient against Stipe the second time. I'm not 100% I'm not sure that's totally true. I think, actually, it was more that Stipe was impatient. Stipe was impatient. He tried to force that takedown when it wasn't there and Ngannou wasn't tired enough to take down because Ngannou's a huge guy, right? If he's not tired, you're going to shoot in on those legs. He's going to shrug you off like it's nothing. But if he's already exhausted, if he's already breathing heavily, then he's going to allow that takedown because he's just too tired to stop it. And that's why Stipe was able to take him down in that first fight, right? And I think that, like I said, the reason that he got so tired was it was... Clear as day, it was because he was being made to miss. I think that Cyril Gunn is that guy. He's going to make Francis miss. He's going to make him miss a lot. And Francis can be as patient as he wants. He's going to have to throw at some point. Otherwise, Gunn is just going to jab and like pepper him apart. He's going to have to throw at some point. And I think that Gunn is fast enough to get those shots in there. And he's fast enough to get out. And he's fast enough to avoid those big looping shots of Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou is going to get tired. He's going to get very tired. Because the thing is, he can work on his cardio as much as he wants. He's just not built. He's not a marathon runner, right? At the end of the day, he's, he's not built to throw wild for five whole rounds he's just not built that way and there's nothing wrong with that that those are not his strengths right and he sh and so he knows he knows how to play to his own strengths and believe me he's going to try and do it but i just feel like cyril garn is quite a it's quite a bad matchup for Ngannou stylistically and i think once he's been made to miss a few times in rounds one two and three i think he's going to start breathing very heavy 
I think he's going to get very, very tired. And that's when Cyril Garn is going to kind of take over. And I do think it will be a late kind of late round four, round five stoppage for Cyril Garn. That is what I think will happen. But obviously, this is mixed martial arts. It's the heavyweight division. And if you think that Francis Ngannou isn't perfectly capable of just smacking him in the face in round number one and like and just retaining that heavyweight championship, then you know you, you clearly haven't been watching MMA for very long. But like I said, gun to my head, my, my pick would be Cyril Garn for a late... Round four, round five, TKO stoppage. Now, here are some interesting bets that I've had a little go on. Because look, first of all, like I said, despite my prediction, it, I do think that if Francis Ngannou is going to get this done, I think it will be round number two. And currently you are getting seven to one on round two for Francis Ngannou. Because there's been that... Like, a lot of the time, Francis, he does like, despite that one that he got against um, Rosenstrike, he does usually, again, especially at Stipe, because like, I think he knows that the card is going to be an issue. So again, like it, he will show a little bit more patience. And it's and I think that round two, if, if Ngannou's going to get this, I think he does get the knockout in round number two. So seven to one on that. I think that's a fairly decent price. Not quite like that, but I've had a little go on that. But as I said, my main pick, I do think that these are likely. You've got Cyril Garn to get the knockout TKO in round four. That's 14 to one. And then you've got round five. That is 22 to one. Either of those are really solid bets in my opinion. Like I said, I don't advocate betting. I just like to, I like to have very small bets on, on these fights, just because, I don't know, it spices it up a bit. But obviously, gamble it. Just plan to lose whatever you put down. That's what I do. Do you know what I mean? Just, and and then you, you'll always be happy. But I wouldn't say bet heavy on any of these things because it's just so unpredictable. But I do, like I said, my prediction is a late stoppage for Garn. And like I said, 14 to 1 and 22 to 1 respectively, they're decent odds. There's at least good value in those bets, I would say. I like to look for the value. I like I like high odds so I can keep those stakes low and sometimes come away with the winner. That's that's what I'm all about. And then don't forget, right, Cyril Garn is no stranger to submissions, right? He's got three himself. Like he's got one he's got one heel hook, right? And he's got two chokes. I think one was a head and arm. The other one, oh, I can't, oh, the other one was a front choke, I think. And obviously, that was in, I think, only one of those was in the UFC. All of them might, might have been outside the UFC. I can't remember off the top of my head. But either way, he does have those, so he is, you know, fairly proficient with those kind of uh, with with submissions. So when you're looking at it, look, if, if if you've got a tired Francis Ngannou who's getting stunned from strikes and he's gasping and he just you know he crouches down to maybe even go for a desperation takedown himself and he leaves his neck out there. Mm. I mean, Cyril Garn, no submissions. And you've got round four submissions, Cyril Garn at 40 to 1. You've got round five sitting at 66 to 1. That is some tremendous value. I'm having a quid on each of those. Those are some... That, I'm liking those bets because you can keep those stakes really low, as I say. And like I said, he... he Cyril Garn does like submissions. Like he's only ten to one to get the submission. Uh, that's not quite long enough for my liking. So I'm going with those ones. And then, and that's a, that's about it. I think I think like the ones that, I th that I'm confident on. Uh, like I say, fourteen to one and twenty-two to one respectively on rounds four and five TKOs. But also rounds four and five submissions for Cyril Garn. There is some tremendous value there. But you know what? Mainly, this is going to be a tremendous fight.
and I am so looking forward to it. So let's see how these bets pan out. And then until then, I'll see you next time. Keep those odds long and those bets terrible.